0: Friday, ladies and gentlemen, it's Canada's Pinball Podcast. I'm your host, Canada. How many shows can we do in one week, Brenda? Are we going to set a new record for Pinball Podcast? I think we might. I think we might. I'm looking at Brenda right now. We're going to book our flights to Ireland. I'm going there in about three weeks to bring the little baby to his motherland of Ireland. It's like everyone's a hobbit over there. If you've ever been to Galway, I, I recommend going there because... They're just a bunch of hobbits singing and dancing, having a good time. She's looking at me right now all stern. Okay, here's what we're going to do on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I am going to do what I wanted to do on the last show, but I got a little sidetracked. But here's what we're going to do. We are going to do a podcast about what if Canada visited every single pinball manufacturer and the advice I would give them. And I'm going to give them two pieces of advice. I'm going to give them what I would do today if I were them and what I would do tomorrow. And that is my advice for all of these companies. And these companies are going to get this advice for free. They don't want to see the uh, per hour fee that I usually charge clients for some marketing advice. This is not just marketing advice, but it's more about advice for each of these companies based upon how they are currently operating in the pinball marketplace and in the landscape of pinball. And there are a lot of companies out there trying to make pinball machines. I'm looking at my chart. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go in order of most successful company to least successful company in terms of how many games they've sent out since 2015. Now, you've probably seen my chart since 2015. This number keeps growing. I think Stern has like 29 games that they've shipped since 2015. So this is the advice I would give Stern Pinball if Kaneda walked into their boardroom. And I'm looking at Jody and George and Gary Stern. Now, this is probably the hardest company to give advice to. Because how do you give advice to a company that is just dominating the pinball landscape? They don't need any advice on what themes to make because they make the best pinball themes on the planet. They don't need any manufacturing advice because they basically manufacture better than anybody else in pinball. They don't really need advice on anything, but they actually are going to get some advice from Canada. So here is my advice for stern pinball today. My advice to Stern Pinball today would be, we have thousands of people who buy these games. They love these games. And you guys are doing a great job bringing the best pinball themes to market. But I don't wanna see people who buy a Stern product have to spend two to $3,000 to get a topper on a machine they just bought from us in the last few years. So my advice to Stern today is make sure you continue to manufacture the things that people want on their games. We should not make people have to pay secondhand prices for accessories for their machines. It does nothing for us to see them spend that money there because the other thing is this, we're not seeing a single penny of that money. Why would we wanna see someone spend $3,000 on a Kiss Topper when we could make that extra $500 from that consumer if we just made more? And there's no excuse. We should not drive people to the secondhand market if they simply want to accessorize the games of ours that they love. Okay? So that's my advice for Stern today. Now, my advice for Stern. Now, if I was giving legitimate advice for Stern tomorrow, and I, as a marketer, my advice to them would be simply this We are crushing it at the operator level with the pro machine. We are crushing it with the volume with most pinball buyers and collectors. But we are also still completely untapping the high-end aspect of this hobby. And I know this is going to annoy people, but take a look at Elvira SLE and Batman SLE. My advice for Stern Pinball would be this. We should create Stern Pinball Platinum Series. And the Platinum Series would be a super high-end version of every single game we make. We're gonna make a limited number of them, but here's where we're gonna make it really special and blow everybody away. Each of those games will either have a unique mech or a unique code element to them that only those buyers will get. And it could be code. For example, like Batman SLE. Imagine if people bought Mandalorian, And we got Carl Weathers on just 50 machines to personally call out each of those owners by name and give them a shout out in their game. By simply having Carl do that when he does his recording session, these gentlemen who are lucky enough to get one of these machines, and let's say there are 50 of them, if we just made 50 of them, we could charge $20,000. That's an extra million dollars just to get Carl Weathers to say 50 names and to code in a unique mode in the game for those owners. Let's create Stern Pinball Platinum Series and we are gonna make extra bank. And all of that money should go to Canada because he gave us the idea. All right, let's go on to Spooky Pinball, who's next. They've shipped six games since 2015. My Spooky Pinball, if I'm walking into Spooky Pinball right now, I bet the vibe over there is very positive. I bet the mood is very good. They just sold out of Rick and Morty's, and they're about to launch their next title. And Spooky Pinball has been the American dream of the pinball boutique industry. They slowly kept climbing, and now they're at the point where they're going to ship over a 1,000 pins a year probably, which is incredible for this tiny little company from Benton, Wisconsin. Now, my advice as a marketer, To Spooky Pinball today would be the following. Now, guys, you're doing great. Everything's doing great. We're going to sell this machine. It's going to do great. The first thing I would do if I were you Spooky is I would change out the LCD monitors on these games. They're washed out. I wouldn't want owners who buy these games to have to replace those cheap little LCDs because they aren't a lot of money. Why do we have to send people to like eBay to buy like $45 worth of materials when we could just do it from the factory and make it super simple? Because to me, that was the last part of owning a Rick and Morty that made such a big difference was changing the monitor in the game. So let's do that today. You know, we've got the best play fields. The games sound amazing. Now let's get the display to be as good as the computer. Competitors that are out there so that would be my advice today because there's really nothing else they're doing wrong and my advice for them tomorrow and this is the most important advice you could ever give spooky pinball is to stop making games for yourselves and this is the biggest hurdle that they can't get over right now spooky pinball and Charlie need to make games that the market wants we need to know what people will want we should be making games that aren't just themes that we think are cool but other people think are amazing. And Rick and Morty gave us the ultimate roadmap for the future of this company. And I also would say to them, for tomorrow, don't be afraid to get bigger than you are now. And I know you've been growing and growing and growing but this company is really at a position where it could accelerate its growth if it follows the advice I'm giving them which is pick themes that tons of people want. They could have sold 2,000 Rick and Mortys in one year easily if they could have made 2,000 in one year. So if they pick the right theme and if you guys go more mainstream with your themes like Big Trouble and Little China, look for Transformers G1. Look for He-Man. Look for themes like that. I think they would do so well for Spooky Pinball. This company is perfectly set up for those campy cult classics. That would be what I would make this company all about. Let's look at all the campy cult classics that we know have millions of people that love it. And it's a little bit cheaper than these tier A titles like Mandalorian. Let's go in that direction. But we can't keep looking at whatever's in Bug and Chuck's like DVD collection. That is not where we need to go to make this company successful for the next five years. So that's my advice to Spooky Pinball. All right, so then we go to Jersey Jack Pinball that has shipped five games since 2015, and my advice for Jersey Jack Pinball is this company is really in a position where they're either going to go up or they're going to go down with consumer confidence, and so we know that they put a lot in their games, and there's a lot of passion in JJP products. There's a lot of depth to their code, sometimes too much, right? So my advice today, though, if I walked in there today, you know what it's going to be, people. My advice today is we need to get rid of Mirko Playfields. It's just that simple. There is no other advice they need to do today is find a replacement for their Playfield vendor. This thing is crippling the consumer confidence with Jersey Jack Pinball. It is such a problem that needs to be solved, and it's such a solvable problem. So they know that's what Kaneda would say if he walked in the door like Conor McGregor and just started slapping around the playfield division, okay? Now, my advice for Jersey Jack Pinball tomorrow is simply this. The problem with this company and the main problem with Jersey Jack Pinball is we're a movie theater that only shows you one movie for two years. Stern Pinball is a movie theater that has six to eight movies going anytime you walk into that movie theater. We don't need to be as big as Stern Gentlemen, but this company needs to get two to three lines going on an annual basis. And until we do that, and that needs to be our goal, we are gonna bottleneck all of our releases and things are gonna be delayed and we are never gonna be on schedule. And that has been the story of Jersey Jack Pinball never on schedule, and Guns N' Roses has shown them that they can't sell thousands of games a year and then stay on schedule. And what we need to do tomorrow, Jersey Jack Pinball, is we need to put a limit on how many games we're going to make a year and limit the amount of orders we take on that game, and we need to be more like Stern Pinball. We should be a company that could make, in one year, Willy Wonka's pirates of the caribbeans guns and roses machines and any wizard of oz machines that people want to order now we're not going to make all guns and roses for 18 months and then not make anything else if people want to buy our machines we only have five machines in the history of this company and yet people can't buy any of them new in box this is not a successful way to move into the future for Jersey Jack Pinball. We've got this big factory. We've got all this space. We've got the ability to train people how to make these games. We can't be a one trick pony every two years. So the future of this company, if I were to walk in the door in three years, that I could order two to three games, new in box each year from Jersey Jack Pinball, and they set the limit. So if we can only make 2,000 games a year, we're going to make 1,000 Guns N' Roses, 500 Pirates of the Caribbeans, and 500 Willy Wonkas this year, and that's it. And we're going to take orders on those. And we're going to price our games accordingly. We have continued to undervalue our product in the current marketplace. I don't want to see people selling Pirates of the Caribbean for $40,000. We're not seeing a penny of that a penny of that we sold that game to customers for $12,500 and we're seeing people make a profit of over $30,000 on our product why don't we make a black pearl edition make 500 of them make a black pearl topper with the ship in the bottle and continue to drive revenue so this company and Eric Minier and Pat Lawler and everyone involved in Jersey Jack Pinball can go home with huge annual bonuses versus watching, again, the secondhand market is where all the money's being made. How do we bring that money inside this institution? And that's how I would talk about the future of Jersey Jack Pinball. It's all about multiple lines and getting multiple games available for people each year. They need to stop being a one-movie movie theater. Chicago Gaming Company. I walk into Chicago Gaming Company. They've shipped three games since 2015. This company continues to take forever. So my advice today is just let's get something out. Guys, what are we doing? Why is it taking so long? This game's been out for so long. Everyone knows it's Cactus Canyon. What are we doing? We're not even teasing it. We're not even keeping people excited. We're not even getting our company on the map. We have an amazing game ready to go. So my advice for Chicago Gaming Company today is we need to wake up, gentlemen. We can't just go radio silent for years, turn it back on, sell a bunch of games, and then be radio silent again for years. We want to build a brand here. This brand needs to be more awakened. We need to be more present in the daily pinball world and in the community, and we're not. And that's a problem, okay? So today... This company needs to start getting at least one product out a year, but we also need to be more vocal and present in the pinball community. And we should because our products are amazing. People love us, but we just turn it on and turn it off. And that's not a great way to operate a pinball company. Now, my advice for Chicago Gaming Company for the future is very simply this. We need stuff that's not just remakes. We can't only remake games for the rest of this company's history. And we need to make a theme that shows everyone else out there that we can make an original game and we can do it in a way that nobody else can. And it's gonna come with all of the Bally Williams bells and whistles that people love with our remakes. And that is what I would do if I was Chicago Gaming Company. And very much like Jersey Jack Pinball, it's another company where we need to make at least two games a year. We should be able to make two games a year. We have the know how, we have the ability. Why can't we get it done? Two games a year, that's the sweet spot for companies of this size. All right, I walk over to American Pinball, a company with three titles since 2015. And I'm sitting there and David Fix is looking at me. He's looking me up and down. He's looking at my Gucci and he's realizing, all right, this guy must know something. His clothes are a little bit fancier. Now, clothes don't make the man. And I would tell him that, David, it's okay. We're not in Jurassic Park. You can take the hat off and let me tell you what i would do if i'm american pinball the first thing i would do if i was american pinball today is i would just stop trying to sell these old games stop trying to sell the old inventory this is a new american pinball gentlemen do not go out there and say we love oktoberfest we love houdini we love hot wheels because guess what the consumers have told us they don't the sales aren't there And I would actually do something very bold for this company. This is a new company. This is a new team. This is a new product coming out today. And this is a bold move today. I'm walking into that company and saying, all right, do we have new titles ready to go? Yes. Here's what we're going to do today. We are going to change the name of this company. We are changing the name. Three strikes, you're out. American Pinball does not have a legacy. It does not have a pedigree. The first three titles were done by a team that's no longer even here. There's no equity in this brand. Let's start a new brand. Let's start over. And I think by changing the name of this company, it will show everybody out there, this is a brand new team. This is a brand new institution. And they are gonna get things that are gonna be way different than those other titles. And we don't want to be associated with those games that were made by people who are nowhere here anymore. They are not in charge anymore. So we're changing the name. It's no longer American Pinball. And the thing I would do for the future if I were them is very simply, you've got to get themes people want. We need licensed themes. Dennis Nordman, we are not making original IP games. I am sorry. We are not taking a gamble. We have too many people to feed. We have too much at stake. We are competing, Dennis, with Stern, with Spooky, with Jersey Jack Pinball and Chicago Gaming Company. We are competing with these companies. This is a competition. This isn't we're all in this together to drive pinball to the next generation of kids. Stop acting like kids. This is a competitive war. We are all in. And to win this war for market share and for people's dollars, to win this war, Dennis and team, we need games that will sell out because people hear what the theme is and they want it immediately. It's not going to be a sequel to Whitewater. That's not going to work. And I don't care if you want to make a game for you that you think is cute. I would point at the sales of Dialed In to prove that when Jersey Jack gave Pat Lawler a blank check to make what he wanted, look at what happened. We're not going down that road. And if anyone says, look at TNA, you're fired. You're fired. We are making licensed games. We have Roger Sharp who can get us all the assets we need and can help us get a contract with these great licenses. We're going to go down that road. So I don't want anyone to come to me With some silly game about some silly thing that is not licensed, we are not going down that road, and we're going to blow the competition away. We put so much effort into our first two games. They were loaded, but we fell down on the theme, and we fell down on the artwork, and we're not making that mistake again. David Fix, there you go. Free of charge, brother. I'm helping you out. Listen to my advice. Do not release Legends of Valhalla and think you're going to sell any games. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. All right. We go on to P3 Multimorphic. So P3 is always funny because I have them down as like three titles since 2015. Jerry would tell you it's 18 titles. It's somewhere like five or six titles that you could play on the P3 platform. My advice for Jerry today is the same advice I have for Jerry tomorrow. Well, actually, it's not. So my advice for Jerry today is this. You need a license theme. We've been saying this to Jerry forever. If we don't get a license theme on this platform that shows what this platform can do, we are never going to really make it. Okay, I don't care if the pin side owners are going to say how great their P3 machines are. Jerry, there are more people in every thread about Deep Root than any P3 thread combined that's a mistake we need to make it so this brand and this platform takes off now my advice for p3 tomorrow is simply this we are struggling to sell games on this swappable modular play field and there's a big problem gentlemen we're not going to make it if every time a new game comes out someone has to spend another three thousand dollars or twenty five hundred bucks on a modular game because after five games Our owners are sitting on like $25,000 in inventory and they can't sell it. They can't sell it. No one will just buy Lexi Lightspeed. It's like you're stuck with this incredibly expensive thing. So people are going to buy this platform and we have to treat it like they're buying it only to keep it forever. So if we're going to go down this road with this platform and this technology we need to stop thinking people are going to trade these things like they are video games We need to make games that people never want to get rid of Okay, that is the only way forward And then what we also need to do is make sure we are connecting our owners even greater than we are today And so to get there we need to get this platform into more people's homes and i don't think we can charge ten thousand dollars just to get through the door with p3 multimorphic not with an unlicensed theme we can't do it we're gonna have to take a little bit of a lost leader approach and we're gonna have to sell people this platform let's sell it for seventy five hundred dollars let's get it in people's homes and let's get as many people with p3 multimorphic platforms and then hit all of them with a licensed theme that has internet connectivity. I think that's what we need to do because this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work just having like a few people create like fan-made games nobody's going to be buying at these prices unless we give them themes that make them want to own this platform with that game forever. All right, let's see the next company on my list is Dutch Pinball. It's hard to give Dutch pinball advice because of where they're at. I mean, they're just making up for a game that should have been out years ago. But if I were to give Barry some advice today, get all the big Lebowskis done. Just get them done, okay? That's advice today. My advice for the future of Dutch pinball is this. The European pinball market is one that we could own. It's incredible the amount of pinball fanatics in Europe that don't have a real successful pinball manufacturing facility anywhere in Europe. If we can own the European market and make games in this market, we could corner and have such a distinct advantage. We can't do it by ourselves. My advice for Dutch Pinball in the future is to pick up the phone and call the Pinball Brothers. And anyone who's in Europe with a pinball venture should get together and form one company somewhere in Europe. Let's stop trying to do it independently You've got the pinball brothers that are making games in Italy. You've got Dutch pinball making games wherever they're making games. Why are we doing this? We should make one European pinball company. Barry's an incredible designer. I can't wait to see what this guy does next. The Big Lebowski is one of the greatest pins I've ever seen. But manufacturing in Europe is a golden opportunity for all the people over there to figure this out. There's enough money. Amongst all of these gentlemen, especially the pinball brothers, there's enough knowledge now. After all these failed attempts, I think finally there's enough knowledge how to make a pinball machine in Europe and get it done and get it done right. That is what my advice would be for Dutch pinball in the future. Combine forces with other European pinball fanatics. Those guys in the Netherlands who like are making Magic Girl work, call those guys up. There are so many passionate pinball people in Europe. I think that they need to come together and formulate a company and make all the manufacturing happened in one location, and it would be super great if we had a European pinball manufacturer that was comprised of people who knew how to get it done. And I think they finally do know how to get it done after so much trial and error, but that would be my advice. All right, my advice for Homepin over there in, where, where's Homepin now, like Taiwan? I don't think they're in China anymore. So Mike over at Homepin, really hard to give this guy advice. My advice to Mike at Homepin I think you need to apologize, Mike, to the community for past behavior. And I mean that. And I think this company will never really win people over no matter what we put in a box because of a lot of the past behavior. And it's been very bullish and very brazen and the things that have been said have left a lingering reminder for people why they don't like this company. And again, as a marketer, we want people to like us. And every once in a while, I work with brands, ladies and gentlemen, where like the founder or the owner is problematic to the company's success, and we've seen that before, right? You've seen companies like Chick-fil-A; they'll say something homophobic, and then all of a sudden, that creates a problem. We want people to eat our chicken sandwiches; we don't want them to think this company is homophobic. And so, Mike has said some derogatory things, and I think a lot of people, a lot of people, don't like Homepin because of that. And then you throw Thunderbirds into the mix, which is arguably one of the worst pinball machines that's come out of all time. That's not just me saying it. And this company needs a lot of help, a lot of repair. Now, if I were Mike, I mean, ultimately, with a company in this situation, I would be like, look, today we're either gonna hang it up or we're gonna make a game that's worthy of being in business. And if I were them, you know, for the future advice for Home Pin, I think maybe you think about becoming a parts supplier. Because if you can't figure out how to make a game great, at least we might be able to make cheap parts that we could offer out to all these other pinball companies trying to make it you know why not be the company that figures out maybe you guys figure out playfield manufacturing maybe you figure out coils and all these things that people need and because you have cheaper labor maybe that's what we become is a parts manufacturer all right the pinball brothers i think i sort of alluded to the pinball brothers when i was talking about dutch pinball if i'm them i'm picking up the phone and talking to barry And my advice for these guys is stop living in Andrew Highway's shadow. This game and continuing to have the focus be on Alien, it's not really going to work. It's not really going to work. And so my advice to them today is this. If I were walking in there today, we need to blow people away with the LV version of Alien. The standard version of the game isn't really wowing people. If we want Pinball Brothers to be around, and again, I'm not so sure they want to stick around for years and years and years. I think this is more of a pride and an ego play. Not an ego play. It's more of a pride and a, and a humbling thing is they just want to get people the games they paid for because it's probably keeping them up at night, right? It doesn't matter how rich you are. If you know you were part of a failed pinball venture and people got screwed out of their games, it's hard to wake up every day and feel good because it ruins your enjoyment of a hobby we know they love. But moving forward, Pinball Brothers, I think we need to blow people away with how we can make that Alien LV package spectacular. And then I think we need to make a decision. Are we gonna be around for a while? And if you are, what you need to do is you need to hire a designer And I would make that designer Barry because Barry can design an amazing pinball machine because I don't think the Pinball Brothers are designers or really understand aesthetically what makes a pinball machine beautiful because I know that when I look at the package of Alien, all those years they had to make it nicer looking and I think they went a step back. So that's my advice for Pinball Brothers. Combine your efforts with somebody else, get a designer that knows how to make the next game and really, really sit down and, and ask ourselves, are we in this? Like, are we in this for the right reasons? And can we make games that people really want? But are we in it? And, and, and I'm not sure with the Pinball Brothers. I'm really not. I, I, I don't know if they want to stick this out for the long term because I, I just don't know if they've got the talent and the resources to continue this thing going past the Alien remakes. All right, so Haggis Pinball, Damien, our friends over there in Australia, my advice if I walk into Haggis Pinball today, well, the first thing I'm doing when I walk into Haggis Pinball is I'm slapping Damien, high five and asking him if he wants to go to the pub and get a drink because he seems like that kind of fun guy. And I am slapping him high five and congratulating Haggis on doing such a great move with the Fathom remakes. So I I just want to party with these guys. I don't know about you, but my advice is, first off, are we going drinking the night with Haggis? When you think about pinball companies, it's funny like that. Like how many of these companies and how many of the people over there would you actually want to party with and have a good time with and, and, and celebrate with them. Not many, right? There's not many. But these guys seem like a party. Now, my advice for for Haggis Pinball is this. Today, I'm like, guys, let's not grow too fast. And, and I mean that. Like, let's not grow too fast. Like, do we need all this space? Do we need all this room? And let's not overpromise when people can expect stuff because we know there are going to be delays. And we just need to make sure... That we can make these games when we say Because we're at the very genesis of this brand And this company And people are going to look at us And hope that we deliver on the expectations that we set Now the good news is Is we can set those expectations So let's make sure we give ourselves a little bit of a buffer room When we tell people how many games we're going to make a month And when they can start to expect their games So let's make sure there's that The other thing I'm saying today is like, guys, Celts, no, 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 no. I don't know. Like, I I get this was our first game, but we need to do much better than this. Call everybody into a room. This is not what we're going to be making moving forward. We are still competing with the other companies that are in this industry. This doesn't compete. This is lower than Cosmic Carnival. We need to get better than this. We can do better than this. It's not just about making an indestructible play field. We need to make a game that makes people say, take my money now. While the fathom orders are nice, gentlemen, remember that's someone else's game. That's someone else's design. That's not a haggis game. We don't get to take credit for being a remake company. I want to be known as a company that can originate a title that makes people want to buy it now. That's our goal. So that is Canada's advice for the future is we need to be originators of games that make people salvate. And we have such a huge advantage because we are here in Australia, the land where people spend stupid amounts of money importing pinball machines from America. We can corner this market. There are more pinball fans per capita in Australia than America. And if we can do this right, and I would have the Stern games on the wall, I would have the Jersey Jack games on the wall, and I would have the Spooky games on the wall. And I would say, here's my vision for this company over the next 10 years. We are here with Celts. Celts is the equivalent of America's Most Haunted. This is where Spooky started. This is where we're starting. I want to be here, and I want to point at Jersey Jack Pinball machines. And I know we're not going to get here overnight. I know we're not going to leap here in one year. But my goal for Haggis Pinball, guys, is over the next five years, our products every year continue to improve to the point where we're making Jersey Jack Pinball quality games in Australia for this incredible Australian market. We can do it. We can do it. We've got the enthusiasm. We've got the money. We've got the people who love us. We've got rich, rich people in Australia that are just dying to give us their money. Are we man enough to take it? Are we man enough to take it? And that would be sort of like Canada's long-term rallying speech for these people over at Haggis. And I do think they're great people. And that's why I really do appreciate that they're in the mix with everybody else. All right. Pinball adventures. I, 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 I actually got to be honest. I would just... Um I would just tell them I'm busy. I got something else scheduled. I can't make it guys, sorry. I don't know how to make Punny Factory exciting. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to reschedule with uh, Pinball Adventures. Yeah, no, I can't make it, sorry, bye. And then I have to end up, I have to end up over at Deep Root Pinball. Going to Deep Root Pinball at the end of this tour is like when someone drops a meeting on your calendar at five o'clock on a Friday, right? It kind of feels like that, like Canada's walking into Robert Mueller's company. Kaneda has the guts not just to take photos of the cars in the parking lot, but he's got enough guts to knock on the door and say, Robert, buddy, remember me, Kaneda? You used to do my podcast. I used to interview you. You used to be friends with me. We used to go back and forth. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, you got mad at me because I shared information about your company that was accurate. I mean, he got mad at me and stopped talking to me because I told people, about the pricing of his games. Like that was some big mystery. Like, wow, sorry, I let people know what these games were gonna cost. And then he just blacklisted me, won't talk to me. Um, But Robert, I'm here, I'm at your doorstep. My name's Chris, I'm an executive creative director. I work with major brands and I'm a pinball aficionado. I've spent too much time thinking about pinball and I'm a marketer. And you're a company in need of some marketing help. So, well, actually, you know, manufacturing help, but I would hopefully he would let me in and I walk into the Deep Root boardroom and there's Robert Mueller. I don't know if J-POP's there. They have him like locked up in the basement or something. There's John Norris. There's Barry O. There's Steve Bowden, you know. So I walk into the room and I say, gentlemen, okay, let's pretend like nothing has happened until this moment that I walked into Deep Root and we have a fresh start today. I don't want to bring up the past. I'm going to give you a pathway for today and tomorrow, okay? So my advice for Deep Root Pinball today is very simply this. We've taken a lot of money for COVID relief. We're paying people salaries to get these razs made. We made a lot of bullish claims that we didn't back up. We made a lot of promises we didn't keep. And here's the deal. And again, this is just assuming that they actually figure manufacturing out and know how to screw a game together. And those 40 something, those 47 people at Deep Root who are being salaried now know how to turn on a pinball assembly line. And that's a huge assumption to make, but I'm going to give him advice based on this assumption. We're going to fall on our sword. We're going to apologize for all the hubris and all the bravado. And Robert, I need you to take a back step. You can't be the spokesperson for this company anymore. We're gonna need to hire somebody to do the marketing and public relations for Deep Root Pinball. We need a new face of this company. Robert, we thank you for financing this effort, but you can't be the face of Deep Root Pinball. I'm sorry, you can't be the one in the videos. You can't say directed by Mueller on the game. It's not about you. This is about winning over the pinball community. Because if we don't win them over, we don't have a future. And it's important that they see that we've changed and they're not gonna feel like we've changed unless we do something actionable to show them it's a different deep root. It's a more humble deep root. And so what we are gonna do, same advice with American Pinball, is we're gonna change the name of this company. There, there's, this company has been dragged through the mud for, for X amount of years. It's associated with other investment funds and other things that have nothing to do with pinball. And I get, Robert, that this is your baby and this is your brand. But if we wanna be a successful pinball company, the thing we need to do today is we need to change the name of this company. And we need to establish a new leadership team. And we need to actually join the pinball community in a way that's not confrontational, in a way that's not controversial. And we're gonna get past Raza as quickly as we can. We need to get past Raza. This game is a controversial title that is a dark cloud that hangs over this company. So maybe if you wanna make Raza a Deep Root game, that's fine, Deep Root's Raza is out. The other thing is this, we made a colossal mistake by saying we're not taking any more Raza orders. Now that we've finally figured out how to make these games, we need to offer up more of them. Now, Robert, you said you're only making this many extra editions, and then there's the arcade edition. All right, so let's also announce that we're gonna make another edition The extras will be that. That's our super LE. And let's just make an LE version of the game as well where people can order all the bells and whistles they want. But it'll it'll be a different art package. We've got multiple art packages designed. And let's do that. Because we can't turn on this company with only 122 games. It's just not going to work. We can't do that. Okay. So that's my advice today. I would change the name. I would get past Raza. And I would move on to the next titles. Not sure people will buy it. you got to do more than just change a name. You also need to bring someone new in to be the face and the leader of the company. You just need it. You just need it. There are plenty of companies out there that have financial backers that aren't the face of the company. It's a hard thing to do. It's going to be a hard thing for Robert to do, but I think it's the right thing to do. All right, and then my advice for the future of Deep Root is that we need to take baby steps. This company needs to take baby steps. We came out saying we were Thor, the god of thunder, and we were going to ship more games than everyone in a year. We already talked about ourselves like we were a superhero. You don't become a superhero until you display superpowers. And you don't become a superhero until you save lives and you do something heroic. We haven't done any of that. And so I want us to take a step back under this new company name, and I want us to take baby steps. We're gonna be humble moving forward. We're gonna make one game at a time. We're gonna make games that customers want. I know we have a lot of games in design. We're gonna look at those and say, what games do we really think we need to push forward? What can we put on the shelf? But this is the only way forward for this company. We need to start acting like a humble member of the pinball community that wants to make exhilarating games and bring new innovation to pinball but we need to make people like us some of the greatest advice I've ever been given in life and I'm gonna give it to deep root pinball the only way you'll succeed in business really the only way in a community like this when it's a smaller sort of community that's been around for a while which pinball is you need to make friends It doesn't mean you can't be shrewd in your business practices and shrewd in your desire to crush your competition with better product. But ultimately, you need to make friends. And the greatest way to make friends in the pinball world is to be nice and make games that people love. Why wouldn't you want to be that company that has a nice demeanor, makes games people love, and enjoys every single day you get to wake up as a pinball company this is a privilege and this is my advice to all these companies what a great privilege it is to wake up every day and be someone who's part of a pinball company if you're listening to this right now and you work at a pinball company it's an incredible privilege and an incredible way to spend your time your short time on planet Earth to be part of a pinball venture and this is why so many rich men get into pinball because it's so much more exciting when you're at the bar or you're socializing or you're on your private jet or you're sitting first class and someone's like well what do you do for a living i make pinball machines what a great conversation starter that is that is so much more fun than saying i'm in insurance i'm a financial advisor i'm a bartender or i'm a this or i'm a that look there's a lot of cool careers But to say I make pinball machines for a living or I work for a company that makes the world's best pinball machines, that is what drives these people. And a lot of people get overexcited and they write checks that they can't cash. And Deep Root's been down that road. Like Robert loves pinball. He's passionate about pinball. And if you read his bio on Deep Root's website, it shows you like he he believes all this, but somehow there was a disconnect. Because there's an inability to understand your own skill and your own ability to get it done. And a lot of people get excited about a lot of stuff. But that doesn't mean you have the skill set necessary to be successful in that industry. And so that's my advice you know, for all these pinball companies that are out there in the world. It's a great time to be in pinball. It's a fun time to be in pinball. There's a lot going on to be proud of. And I want to say, you know, thank you so much for tuning into Kanadis Pinball Podcast. I know there's been a lot of shows, and some of these shows go in some direction and some go in another direction. But that's why people love Kanadis Pinball Podcast. And that's why I love you guys. And I got a little bit, I got a little bit of a nice sort of like thank you to two gentlemen who are my top contributors to Kanadis Pinball Podcast Hector and Michael M. They're both like battling it out. I'm going to do something fun for the number one contributor. And for those of you that get upset by this, by me saying thank you for the fans of my show, I'm sorry. I mean, it must be really hard waking up every day and being annoyed that Kaneda has the best pinball fans on planet Earth. Everybody, this has been episode 595 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. Enjoy your 4th of July weekends. I will be on my Saturday Morning Spectacular tomorrow. You're not going to get more shows this weekend. Unless Spooky shows us Halloween, this is it. This is Canada's Pinball Podcast. This is what I love doing. And thank you again for tuning in to the world's favorite pinball podcast. (laughs)